welcome to this presentation of Bethel Family Church. We hope you enjoy listening and that it helps you to grow closer to Jesus. Morning everyone, how are we doing? Excellent, it's very good to be with you. I am super excited to be here. I, uh, I was almost a resident of Wyala. I used to come down here every week for about three years and sell solar, so if I sold your dodgy solar system, I apologise for that. I'm pretty sure I didn't, though. What a, what a team of musicians. You know, I, uh, I was in a church in Wakery. We used to run a church there, and sometimes our Sunday morning worship consisted of a tambourine or just music on the back wall, and that was fantastic. I wish I were here, but though. Brilliant. Such a blessing. Just incredible. Um, today, I just want to talk a bit around... I just want you to open your minds and your hearts to... Uh, things I just realised this week or the last couple of weeks that people, there's two brains in the world. One is people that see things from what they read and others, uh, they're analytical from what they read. So I'm going to have a few pictures up there today. So if you're the analytical type and can't picture things, then at least it'll be a back on the back wall then. So I want to start by... Oh, yeah. Yeah, well, I'm looking that way. So <laughs> It'll be on one of the walls. If you want to turn around, you can look at that one. That's fine. I want to ask you today if you can remember the last time you looked at something in utter wonder. So awesome that it overwhelmed you. Uh, When was the last time you were taken back to something you'd heard or smelled and it took you back to that place, that place of wonder and amazement? I know for me, um, I only have to be outside in spring and in summer and I hear the bees go by or a fly go by. And it takes me back to my childhood when he used to jump my fence in Gawler and he used to run and play in the paddocks all day. And every time I'm in that sense where the, the weather's warm and you can hear that buzzing of fires, I'm always transported back to there, always transported back to that place of wonder. I've read recently where young children... There we go, no. It always helps if you turn it on too. You said, do I have one of these? And I do, but I didn't turn it on. And they're still not working. Excellent. Ah, oh dear. Is that up there now? Anyway, I've read somewhere where young children learn from the wonders of the things around them. It's all about shapes and sounds and colours. It's about a, uh, a face, a recognisable face to them or, or something they touch or a recognisable touch to them. They learn from that. From the point of view of a child, the most important dynamic of life and learning are emotional and social. It's from a sense of wonder and the first things that are new and exciting and that's how a child learns. Now, I'm not going to try and tell you that I understand all this highly educated stuff, but there's a lady called Rachel Carson who wrote a book in 1956, and she said this, a child's, there we go, a child's word is fresh and new and beautiful, full of wonder and excitement. It is our misfortune that for most of us, that clear-eyed vision, that true instinct for what is beautiful and awe-inspiring is dimmed and even lost before we reach childhood. I should ask that the gift to each child in their world be a sense of wonder, so indestructible that it would last throughout life as an unfailing antidote against boredom and disenchantment of later years, the sterile preoccupation with the things that are artificial. Let me ask you again this morning, when was the last time you were overtaken by something of sheer wonder, sheer beauty? When was the last time you felt that? And there are so many distractions in the world today that it's very easy to lose your wonder for life. The last line in her quote, that sterile preoccupation for the things that are artificial 
And we can get so blinded, can't we, with the artificial around us. It's so easy. There's so much for us to be distracted by. You know, you can be distracted by Netflix. I mean, especially during COVID, how many people binged on Netflix nonstop or had all that time on our hands? Sports. Sport fanatics. I'm a Crows fan. Don't throw things at me. I'm a Crows fan. And I would consider myself quite fanatical and I can't sit in the same room when we watch football. But we do. We get so blinded by the things around us and entertainment, going to movies, going out and having fun. Maybe it's not the superficial things that you're struggling with in life. Maybe it's just life in general that's weighing you down. Maybe it's work and the things that hold us back. You no longer see the wonder in the world for us all to enjoy that God's created. I'll give you an example of how this happens. In November 2001, um, my friends and I, we decided we were going to go on this fishing trip. Now, we'd heard about this place for years. We'd talked about it. It was the Mulloway Mecca of the world. I like beach fishing. So we'd heard about Yalata and Fowler's Bay. And it's a lot closer for you, so I'm pretty envious of that too. <laughs> and we'd talked about it and we'd, talked, we'd heard all these stories. You know, there were so many fish in the area that all you had to do is if there was a puddle on the road, you could throw a line in there and you'd catch a fish. So we were super excited and we went all the way over there. On the day we left, it was 3 a.m., and we talked of how awesome this place was going to be, which, non-stop, for 11 hours to get there, talking non-stop about how great it's going to be. And I remember, as I was yesterday, the moment we turned off the highway to head down to Fowler's Bay, it's a 30-kilometre road of dirt that goes up and down, up and down like this all the way. And we were sitting there, and every time we got to the top of the hill, we were craning our heads to see this place, and it wasn't there, and we'd go down again. We'd get up top, and we'd do this. And this went on for ages until finally... We reached the last hill, and as we got there, we all saw it, these mountains of white, sun-glistened sand dunes, and that is the road into Fowler's Bay. And we were awestruck. Everybody in that car, because we'd built up such a, a thing in our minds about how incredible it was going to be, we actually had to pull the car over. And then, this is sad, isn't it? But all five of us got out of the car and just stood there looking at these sand hills, saying, oh, we've made it. And we said nothing. We just sat there in awe. And then someone said, we should probably get back in the car and go fishing. So we jumped back in the car. <laughs> And went to the town and we sat in silence for the last K and a half as we're just looking at just taking it in. For the last 21 years, I've been going to Fowler's Bay and Yalata fishing. When I get over that last rise again, I don't see the sand hills anymore. We just drive into the town, unload our gear, hook up, get in the car, drive over the sand dunes and go and catch some salmon, hopefully. Sometimes we've been there and we haven't caught many fish and we wonder, is it worth doing the 1,000 kilometres anymore to go and catch fish. The wonder's been lost. It's same old, same old. We get there now and it's just sand dunes. Nothing's changed with that at all. They're still magnificent, 90 foot tall, white. Who's been there? Anybody been to Fowler's Bay? Awesome. You know what I'm talking about. They're still there, beautiful. But we don't see it anymore because it's same old, same old. The wonder's gone. It's become all natural to us. And that's really sad. I no longer see the wonder in it. When I first gave my life to Jesus... I looked everywhere for him, whether it was in the clouds, in my coffee foam, a puddle on the ground, an outline in my toast. I was desperate to see Jesus everywhere when I got saved because I was so in awe of him, what he'd done in my life. He absolutely transformed my life, and because of that, I was in awe of him. I've always seen God in wonder of his creation. I remember a fishing, finishing a fishing session over there with my mate Slacky, and we walked back off the beach, and we leaned against the four-wheel drive tyres and looked up, this the Yalata, and the galaxy was here. I saw God's wonder in the, in the stars. It was incredible. It seems like it was just right here in my face. 
I see God in sunsets. I see God in rainstorms. I see God in the mighty Flinders Ranges. You know, God was there when I walked through the streets in Varanasi in India, which is their holy city. I could see God there. And when I walked through the slums in Mumbai in India and saw joy on the faces of people who had nothing, I could see God. And when I stood on the rim of the Grand Canyon, I was, it was that Fowler's moment again. I stood there totally in awe of God's creation. It took my breath away. I'm standing there by myself in tears, thinking what an incredible God we serve. That awe is amazing. And here's the thing, though. Just like Fowler's, I need to keep searching, looking and chasing after God through his creation. If I don't, I will never have the life that he's created for me. See, if you suppress the wonder of God, you suppress the truth of God, the greatness of God and the majesty of God, the beauty of his creation that he made for us to enjoy. If you suppress the wonder of God, you suppress the truth of God. Romans 1, 18, 21 says this, For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men, who by their unrighteousness suppress the truth. For what can be known about God is plain to them, because God has shown it to them. For his invisible attributes, namely his eternal power and divine nature, have been clearly perceived ever since the creation of the world. In the things that, we have, that have been made, so that they are without excuse. For although they knew God, they did not honour him, as God gave him thanks. Sorry, as God or gave him thanks. But they became futile in their thinking, and their foolish hearts were darkened. When we forget how awesome God is, it takes our mind from who God is. God has created a world of such amazing intricacies and beauty, we can't help but see it. And when we lose the wonder of it, we stifle the truth of his greatness, and we harden our hearts towards him. The here and now is temporal, but God's uh, creation is a snapshot of the eternal. You know, and we can accept when we lose that, when we lose that wonder of God, we can accept imitations and that's where the other things come in and draw our attention away from how great God is. And it doesn't happen overnight. It's a process. Little by little over time, we no longer see those pristine sandhills. We focus on other things. Let me tell you, if you don't think Satan's job today is to take your mind from the greatness of God and the glory of God, you're not thinking right. The other thing is here, if you're a born-again believer in Jesus Christ today, you have the power to overcome all of that. Satan can't make you do anything. You have the power of the Spirit of God in you, and he changes lives, and he'll bring that wonder out. A.W. Tozer said this, I believe that entertainment and amusement are the works of the enemy. They keep a dying man from knowing they are dying, and they keep the enemy of God's from remembering that they're enemies. The devil will always give you an alternative to the truth. God will give you a calling and the devil will always come up with an attractive counter-offer. I used to work at a place called Phoenix Society. I think it's Bedford here now. And uh, it was the best job of my life. And then God called me to be a pastor in Wakery. And that, just, that sounded terrible. And then he does this. But I went down from being a guy who worked at Phoenix and then I came back and be a pastor. And then I got the alternative. You can go back and you can work at Phoenix again. And because of situations I did, and I thought that was my calling done, there's an alternative that was put in front of me that was very attractive. And I could have stayed doing that job for a long time until God put that calling back on my heart again. He did a counteroffer, which was fantastic. If we allow ourselves to be distracted by it, you miss the wonder of what God has for your life and the life of others through your calling. And that's really important. God doesn't put a calling on your life just for you. Your calling is for others. 
what God puts in your heart, stirs in your heart, the vision he puts in your heart is to encourage others along the way, to point to God all the time. If you miss out on the calling that God's put on your life, it's going to affect other people as well, and it's really important. Don't allow distractions and fear to stand in the way of the life God has ordered for you. And it's little distractions that can have massive uh, impact. I have a friend, Glyn, he lives in Mawson Lakes in Adelaide, and he went for a walk. He doesn't generally walk. He's got a, actually, he's got a dodgy foot. But he thought, today I'm going to go for a walk. So he went for a wander around the neighbourhood. And as he was walking along, there was a guy standing in his driveway having a beer. So he stopped and said, G'day, mate. If you knew Glyn, you'd know exactly what he's so in your face. G'day, how are you, buddy? And he stood there and he talked and spoke. And they sat there for 10, 15 minutes chatting about life and got to know a little bit about this guy. And he said, all right, well, good chat. And he walked off. And the Holy Spirit said to him, you didn't tell him about Jesus. Now, he was 10 steps away from him, but then he thought, ah, I've missed my chance. What's the point? And the Holy Spirit said, but you still didn't tell him about Jesus. So he turned around and he said, hey, whatever this guy's name was, do you mind if I pray for you? And the guy said, oh, if you want to. So Glenn prayed for him there. And the guy gave his heart to Jesus. The guy flies in, flies out to mines. We don't know what happened to him tomorrow, but right there on that spot, he gave his heart to Christ. And tomorrow it could be a completely different story for him. You may just have needed to hear what Glenn had to say for him and got saved. You need to hear for the Holy Spirit. Don't be distracted and don't think it's too late. It's fantastic. Don't ever think, ever think you're above getting it wrong. So many people before us have missed what God had for them by getting distracted. Adam and Eve got distracted by the fruit in the garden and ran away and hid from God. Lot's wife took her eyes off the future and looked back to the past and was turned to a pillar of salt. The Israelites took their eyes off God and wandered around the wilderness for 40 years. Samson took his eyes from God and put them on Delilah and lost his power and strength that God had given to him. The disciples took their eyes off God to look at their own problems and deny Jesus three times. These are people who walked with God. These are people who walked with Jesus and saw the miraculous power of what he could do. And even they took their eyes off of God. Much harder is it for us. We need to ask the Holy Spirit to help us see God in all situations and to help us focus on him when things aren't going the way we thought they might. The Holy Spirit will help reveal God to us, but but if we never ask, we will never get answered. We've forgotten how to ask in times of need, in times of lack, in times of sorrow. At our church, we run a, a service on a Tuesday night called Launch Point, and we run this service because... God clearly showed me one day that people come in through the doors on a Sunday morning and expect nothing. They expect to sing three songs, they expect to hear announcements, hear a worship, sorry, hear a sermon, have another closing song, maybe have a bit of prayer, go into the cafe, have a coffee and go home. And that's what people are expecting from God. And we, we designed Launch Point to expect more. And the COVID period has damaged us. It's damaged the church, it's made us complacent. Is, you know, you think about all the things that went on during COVID. Do we wear a mask? Do we get the injection? Do we do this? Do we do that? It was so distracting. Uh, worldwide, 30% of people never came back after church closures. That's pretty, that's pretty sad. Not your church here is fantastic, which is fantastic. So. But we need to expect more from God. And it wasn't always like this, was it? When I got saved in 1990, 1990 I went to church and I expected to hear from God. He'd done so much in my life that I was excited to come back into church and I expected to see things happen. I expected to see people get saved and healed and set free from demonic oppression. And the thing is, we actually did. We used to see it. I saw a man healed of stomach cancer. 
because five blokes prayed for him. They'd been saved about six weeks and he got set free because they had that passion. They had that awe and amazement of what God could do in anybody's life because he'd done it in ours. We've become so blasé with church, become so familiar with it that we've lost our wonder for the amazing thing God has done and will continue to do in the future. A.W. Tozer says again, I remind you that there are churches so completely out of the hands of God that if the Holy Spirit withdrew from them, they wouldn't find out for many months. And that's sad. We hear stories all the time of churches that have become entertainment complexes that people come to for the show. I'm so sick of the show. I'm so sick of just the complacency of what we're doing. We need to become uh, places of worship again. We need to come and know that God can do more. And I want more. I want to see God destroy people's wrong perceptions of themselves and show them the truth and how he feels about them. I quite often spent time, and these stories I'm going to tell you now are not about me. It's not about how awesome I am, but this, this is what happens. I spend time in Gawler. We have a lot of homeless people in Gawler, and I walk around and I sit down and I have a chat to them, and the one thing they always say is how they feel judged by everybody, how they feel don't loved, not loved, how they don't feel like they're welcome anywhere. And I get the opportunity to sit there and tell them that Jesus loves them. There's a guy in Gawler right now. He sits out the front of a church in Gawler. Day in, day out, he sits on a bench and he just looks across the road. That's his life. He's lost the wonder for everything. He doesn't think he's worth anything. There's no value in this man's life anymore because there's no wonder for anything. Just sits there and looks at coals and we have the opportunity to do that. And young people don't see the wonder in God anymore. And I'm talking about young people in the church as well. Recently, uh, I was talking to a young lady that I've known for a long time and I sat there talking with her and I asked her what she wants to do in her life and she shrugs her shoulders and God showed me how she felt about herself she felt rejected she felt invisible she felt like nobody liked her she didn't feel like she had any friends she felt like a square peg in a round hole here's a girl who was raised in church and had completely lost the wonder for anything for her and God then actually showed me what God saw in her that God saw that she was a champion. God saw that she could change lives. The, the thing that she found weird about herself, God was going to use that to change other people's lives. And I got the opportunity to tell her that. And she broke down and cried. It was my niece, actually. It was, a, it was an amazing thing. And don't worry, young people, as oldies too, we get caught up in it. We get caught up on what's next. We get caught up on what scheme we need to put money into to save for our future and that sort of thing. And there's nothing wrong with planning for the future there's nothing wrong with setting yourself up but when it becomes the focus of all that you do and it takes your mind from god when that becomes your god that becomes an issue i don't think god is going to say to us when we get to heaven well done on a magnificent portfolio you've built for yourself what we want to hear god say is well done good and faithful servant enter in we need to invite the holy spirit back and let him remind us of the wonders of god and the greatness of god and the majesty of god so as I said to you, today is more about opening our minds and hearts to hear about the amazing things of God. And Revelations 21 tells us what heaven would look like. So just have a listen to this. And he carried me away in the spirit to a great high mountain and he showed me the holy city Jerusalem coming down out of heaven from God. Having the glory of God, its radiance like a most rare jewel, like a jasper, a clear, clear as crystal. They had high walls with 12 gates, and at the gates, 12 angels. And on the gates, the names of 12 tribes of the sons of Israel were inscribed. 
and on the east three gates, and on the north three gates, and on the south three gates, and on the west three gates. And the wall of the city had twelve foundations, and on them were twelve names of the twelve apostles of the Lamb. The wall was built of jasper, while the city was pure gold like clear glass. The foundations of the wall of the city were adorned with every kind of jewel. The first jasper, the second sapphire, the third agate, the fourth emerald, the fifth onyx, the sixth carnelian, the seventh chrysolite, the eighth beryl, the ninth topaz, the tenth chrysoprase, the eleventh jacinth, and the twelfth amethyst. And the twelve gates were twelve pearls, each of the gate made from a single pearl, and the streets of the city were pure gold, like transparent glass. What an incredible place God has for us to go to. I can't get my head around it. But then the Bible says what God looks like in Revelations 1, 12 to 16. It says, Then I turned to see the voice that was speaking to me, and on turning I saw seven gold lampstands, and in the midst of the lampstands was one of the Son of Man, clothed with long robe and with a golden sash around his chest. The hairs on his head were white, like wool, like snow. His eyes were like a flame of fire. His feet were like burnished bronze, refined in a furnace. And his voice was like the roar of many waters. In his right hand he had seven stars, and from his mouth came a sharp, two-edged sword. And his face was like the sun, shining in full strength. I don't think, my mind can't fathom that. My mind can't fathom what heaven's going to be like. I can't imagine walking on streets of gold with gates of the size of one pearl that you walk through. I can't imagine a bloke with fire in his eyes and swords coming out of his mouth. It just, I can't see that. But I can look out that window and I can see God in creation. I can see the wonder of God and everything that's surrounded by, around us because he created it for us. I guess what I'm trying to say today is don't allow the things of the world to distract you. When everything around you is not going, going great, look up, find your wonder again, and live the life you were created for. There's a guy called Steve Harvey who's a presenter in America, and he was talking about if you wake up dreading the day, if you wake up in the morning thinking, oh, I don't want to do this, I'm no good, there's nothing great's going to happen today, you need to change your focus. He said, I don't even know you, but I could tell you 50 things you should be thankful for. I have a car, I have a house, I have food, I have friends, I have family, I'm breathing, I woke up. There are 50 things that he could tell you or we could all tell each other about what we should be thankful for. We focus on the small things that hold us back and cause us pain, but we need to focus on the thing that will set us free. And if you're a Christian and you feel like this, if you feel like when you wake up in the morning, oh, I can't be bothered today. I mean, I've done it. I wake up on Sunday mornings and think, oh, I can't be bothered going to church today. It's too hard. If you're a Christian and you're waking up like that, you need to get out of your house and go and stand in your garden for 10 minutes and think about the amazing things that God has created for us. Think about the amazing things that God has done in your life. It is so easy to forget where we've come from. For me, I had a pretty dodgy young life, right? I'd done quite a bit wrong in my life and God brought amazing change in my life he took me out of drugs and alcohol and he set me free and he, he made me to meet my wife and you know god has done so many great things in my life and i forget that how often do we forget the amazing thing that god's done in our lives it's so easy to do because we become complacent and we focus we have our focus in the wrong place oh, i should probably stick to my notes but you need to look around you and find your wonder again Allow yourself to be overwhelmed by the things of God. Find your joy, your peace, 
your comfort in the greatness of God. And I promise you, when you see that, the things of this world won't mean anything to you anymore because your focus is right. If God puts so much detail in creation, why do you think your life would be any different? God created you. God made you perfect. Psalms 139 says we were fearfully and wonderfully made. God knew us when we were in the wombs of our parents. If God did all this in creation, made everything that is beautiful in life, why do you think your life's any different? We need to remember the wonder that God's given us. We need to remember the wonder that God is. Can I just pray for you if that's okay? Father, I thank you so much that you love us, you care for us, you've set us free, Father God. Lord, Ephesians 2.10 says that we're your masterpiece, we're the best thing you've made, Father. Lord, I pray that for people here today, Lord, if they've lost their sense of wonder, lost the sense of your greatness, Father God, Lord, I pray that you come, Holy Spirit, and change their hearts and minds, Lord. Bring them back to you, Father God. Help them to focus on what is right and true and not the things of this world. Become against the work of the enemy in their lives. And we just pray, Lord, that you set us free. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening to today's message. For more information or to listen to other podcasts, get to our website at BethelCRC.org.au or check out Bethel Family Church on Facebook.